Welcome to episode 58 of the Practice of Nonprofit Leadership. I'm Tim Barnes. And I'm Nathan Ruby. Well, Tim, it looks like the 2022 World Series is ready to go. So tell me, you got the Astros or the Phillies? Well, I don't know if you're aware of this, but every time the Phillies have won a World Series, this is fact, every time the Phillies has, have won a World Series, it's followed by a recession. So I am going for the Astros. Well, you know, as, as fundraisers, Tim, we, we do not like recessions and we don't want total market chaos. So I guess that means we got We got to go Astros then, in it. Uh, uh, that's the way I see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we have a very special treat and we are going to be talking with a longtime friend of mine and world-class fundraiser, Terry Egan. Uh, Terry and I met at an Aldi fundraising conference over 20 years ago. We're not exactly sure if it's like 21 or 22 or 23, but it's somewhere between 20 and 25. And, uh, and then shortly after we met, we uh, both participated. Terry had already been in the in the fundraising world, and uh, we both were connected in a uh, Aldi, the same organization. They had a mentoring program for existing uh, fundraisers, existing members, and new members. And we had met at the conference, and then just a few weeks later, we got paired up. Uh, Terry was my mentor. So, but there are two people in the world who taught me how to be the the fundraiser that I am, and uh, Terry was one of those. And uh, so we've been hanging around each other for a long time, and uh, we became friends, and our spouses became friends, and we vacationed together, and uh, really developed a, a long term friendship uh, that all started out at a fundraising conference. So, Terry, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's good to be with you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, before we get going too far into this uh, and today's topic, do you want to just take a couple of minutes and share um, you know, a little bit about what you're doing and the organization you're with? Yeah. For your, for your listeners, uh, you guys, it's really good to be, to be here because uh, I think, I think your fundraising folks that are listening here are, have been with small organizations and, and really that's, that's been my bread and butter through my career is uh small organizations, small shops where you, you've got to be, you got to know and do everything, right? You've, you've got to be able to work with the, uh, um, with the auditors. You've got to be able to write that direct mail appeal and you have to be able to go and visit with donors, with major donors and, and ask for the gifts. Um, there's, there's so many things for an executive director to do in order to keep all these balls up in the air. And, uh, um, any, any time that you can get some advice, you have a mentoring program. I, uh, I, I signed up as Nathan's mentor, but in, in all honesty, I think I've gotten more out of it than he has. So, uh, <laughs> it, it goes both ways, uh, but, uh, always learning is a great thing. So. Yes, I'm with the Children's Organ Transplant Association. Uh, I have worked for a couple different hospitals as executive director of their uh, foundation, health system health foundation, um, and that translated over for me with uh, with CODA. For, uh, make that acronym, um, and and we help uh, uh, families uh, raise money um, 
for those expenses that are not covered by insurance uh, when their child goes to get a uh, an organ transplant, a vital organ transplant. We're talking hearts, livers, lungs, kidneys, bone marrow transplants for cancer patients and whatnot. So um, we're a small organization. I think we've got 20 employees right now. And and my job is to to travel the country and visit with donors and raise money. So, uh, so as we talk about cultivation today, um, I've, I've got to do this. I've got to cultivate donors um, from around the country, not only on personal visits, but those, those interactions that, that include phone calls and video chats and emails and postcards and, um, all those things that make for a strategy and each of those strategies are, 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 are kind of individual to each of the donor, honestly. Yeah. Well, and, and that's excellent. And, and, you know, you are part of a great organization doing amazing work. And, um, and, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this episode is you are a phenomenal cultivator. Uh, and I've, uh, I've worked with you, uh, and been part of, uh, and learned from you for all of these years. And, but before we get into cultivation all the way, let's, let's do a quick, what exactly is cultivation? And, um, there are cultiv- cultivation is one of the five primary steps in securing large individual gifts. Um, and these steps are the same, whether if you're trying to secure a hundred dollar gift or a million dollar gift, it doesn't make any difference. These steps are the same five steps. And those steps are identification, qualification, cultivation, which is our topic today, um, asking, and then stewardship. And so before we get too much further, uh, Terry, I guess what we always when we introduce a new topic, one of the things we always like to do is to really define it. So if you had to define um, what cultivation means, what's, what are some of the first things that come to your head on that? It would be caring enough that you engage the donor on a level that they're seeking. Okay. Um, some people don't really need to be cultivated. Some people require a tremendous amount of cultivation. It depends on a lot of things, their their background, their history with the organization. Do they have a history with the issue that your organization addresses? Have they been a donor before? Um, what are their goals? What, are the, what, if, what, what has changed in their life? I mean, did they win the lottery recently? Right. Or they sell a company or right. you know, did, did their granddaughter just make it into Harvard and, and their foot in the bill for that. Right. And, and so, so there's so many ups and downs for people in life. And, and I'm, I, I opened with the word caring and because I think that's a thread through all the cultivation is it, it, and the word cultivation uh, for us um, come out of Illinois farmland, right? You're, you're preparing the soil, right? I mean, that's, that's the root of this is preparing the soil, um, getting a donor ready, um, just like you're getting a field ready to plant and, and, and to have the best harvest you can, you, you cultivate in advance and, and, and plant the seeds that you need to plant. Now this, I, I don't want this to sound too mercenary either. Because I've I've had people say, well, what do you what is this that you do 
um, you know, there's terms out there called moves management and cultivation and all these things that sound very mercenary. Like, I mean, we're hired as fundraisers to go out and develop a relationship. And, and that's, that's so true. Um, but on, on the flip side of that, I've always found it to be more genuine is what really matters. The, the word caring means to me, it means genuine, genuinely caring about what that donor's interest is. Uh, so, um, I've, I've been cultivating a donor and found out that, uh, the donor's heart lies somewhere else. Right. And I've actually suggested that that donor make a gift to another organization. Okay. Now think about that. I'm being paid to raise money for this organization, but I find a donor who, who is interested in doing this other thing over here. And I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'm so glad to give them advice on how to approach that organization and how to make a gift. You know, if, if they want to make a stock gift, I'll advise them on how to do that to another organization because it's the donor's interest is, is really what we need to keep at center. So if, if you're, if you're calling on a donor, if you're afraid to call on a donor, just go into it with the idea that I want their best interest in mind. And, and if I, if I always treat them that way, um, you know, you'll make, you'll make deep friendships with donors. And it's kind of odd because you're, you're paid to go and develop that relationship, but yet um, you can have a lifetime um, friendship with, uh, with a, a donor you've cultivated. So. Yeah. And, and I think for a lot of executive directors, or at least I hear this all the time and, and is they look at, um, fundraising and especially one-on-one -on -one individual interaction with donors, the, the, the executive director sees it almost as a adversarial, or they're afraid that it will become an adversarial us versus them. You know, I'm going to, I have to ask for a gift and you're going to have to give a gift. And so they see this friction between the two. And if, if you're approaching it that way, you're doing it wrong because that's not, that's not what it is. And, and you know, this, this cultivation and the donor relationship is really is just like you said, Terry, and all of the best, when you, when you look at the word relationship and you take all of the positive words and positive meaning of relationship, that's really what this is. And it is connecting with donors, finding out what they're passionate about, what they're excited about, what it is about your organization. And we hope that they're excited about your organization um, and, and matching that together and, and, uh, and helping that donor make that gift um, is a, Oh my gosh, it's the best part of my job. It's it's the it's the reason that I keep doing what I do is because of the joy that comes from helping donors make those gifts and you see the excitement and the fun uh and the joy in in their eyes and that's what makes it fun for me. I've actually had donors who have apologized to me. I had I had a sweet old lady who wrote a $10,000 check to the charity I was working for. And then it immediately followed with a, with an apology. And I, and believe it or not, she apologized because giving the gift, um, she, she said she felt better about giving the gift. She got more out of it 
than she thought that the charity did. Ten thousand dollar check. We'll we'll help you with that. You can write a bigger one next time. She's apologizing to me, and and I'm, I'm just just if you approach with with gratefulness in your heart. Hmm. And and you treat people like that. I mean, oh, whew. Uh, the, the the most rewarding piece of your job as an executive director when you fear fundraising could be making that perfect match where that donor truly feels just fulfilled. Um, when we're when you're fearing that that donor visit, you know, talk values, don't talk money, right? this is all part of cultivation. You want to get on the same page with a donor and have buy-in talk about mutual, find out where your mutual values are, find out what their values are and how that relates to the, your mission of your organization. Cause once, once you align those things, uh, you, you know, the money talk is, is you're just talking about zeros, you know, how many are there going to be on the check? When I hear you talk about cultivation, um, it creates in my mind an idea that you're really trying to cre- you're trying to create a connection with people to the organization. So it's beyond it's beyond just saying, "Hey, I got to get this gift." But it it sounds like we're working to the place where we're trying to keep them connected to the organization as a whole. Maybe even giving beyond money, but maybe it's reputation. Maybe it's other things. It's not just trying to get a quick buck, but it sounds like. The word cultivation to me sounds like you're trying to work for something more long term. Would that be would that be correct? Yeah. So uh, um, as a fundraisers, we're taught to tell stories, right? So can I have a little latitude here? Um, you absolutely. bet. Okay. I, I was I was working with a donor whose family, let's just call them billionaires, and um, we we were looking for a gift, and I was working at a hospital at the time. And uh, the CEO of the hospital had shown me these uh, these old leather ledger books from the 1910s, 1920s, 1930s on up. And in these books were handwritten the names of the parents and the and every child that was born in the hospital. And it was by date. These are handwritten ledgers. And and they're still sitting in the CEO's office, right? So, so we knew this donor was coming. And and we were working on getting developing this donor for a major gift. And um, what we did was we found that donor's birth record in, in this leather ledger. And not only did we find it, but we... We made a, a copy of it, and we blurred out the the names above it and below it. But we had definitely had the signature, the everything of of them being born. And this was a little nugget. This was a little gift that we gave to them uh, for coming and visiting the hospital where we were where I was working. The other thing we did was that that donor had had given a previous gift that had funded some scholarships for the nurses there. So um, instead of just talking about it, um, the the donors walked into uh, our boardroom and we had 22 nurses who had received scholarships as a result of their generosity. And, and, you know, I, I thought I was going to have to facilitate something, 
no the the donor took over just owned the room it was so cool and she asked each nurse about their story and and she heard people she heard single moms working as nurses who had never been able to get they wouldn't have had any chance of getting um their bachelors in nursing if it wasn't for that scholarship in fact one one gal brought in her uh six-month-old child on her hip it was her day off but she wanted to come in to thank that donor and there wasn't a dry eye in the room and and this donor and her two daughters were were absolutely in tears um i of course i didn't cry but you know (laughs) of course not uh but but when when you're wanting wanting to develop relationships that's the kind of thing that you do if i were going to that hospital i'd love to see my birth record right this this is not this is not rocket science this is just stuff that makes a whole lot of sense and and it, it comes out of kindness and for for them to meet the scholarship recipients um that it was like afterwards the donor says okay terry what do you want <laughs> so so you're saying let me see if i if you hear you're right here that this is cultivation good cultivation is probably a little bit more than oh just send him maybe an email or a social media post or, or a quick text on a thursday night it, it seems to be a little more complex than that well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 connecting on a deeper level. Certainly, I mean, those are transactional um, conversations you're having with emails and texts and all that. It's a, it's all transactional. It, it's it's not going to be meaningful like seeing seeing their birth record or or, or meeting somebody who has benefited from your services. And and so it's so very important to get those donors in and to meet your clients, right? Meet meet who you're helping. Meet the the end the end user, yeah. End user, right? Because because you can talk about it to your blue in the face. You can tell great stories, like I do. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, in, unless they make that personal connection and the deeper connection they make, um, the better off. So. Uh, all of this has, by the way, all of this, you know, I, you, there, there's an art to fundraising and there's a science to fundraising. Um, certainly knowing the science, uh, you know, that this prospect has um, wherewithal to make a, um, a, tr- a transformational gift is important, right? How much are you going to ask them for it at some point? Uh, but the art of it, too, is to know where they are in their heart. And, and where they are um, believing and, and how strong they feel about your mission. And, and you know, are they, are they ready to make an ask? Um, so let me tell you about a short cultivation, right? Because the, cause that one had taken, I had built up to it with some smaller gifts in between. But, I mean, we're talking that was like a half million dollar gift. And, um, and, and that took about five years. So... Um, on the flip side of this, I, I started working for a, a hospital and, um, my goal was to meet all the foundation board members in the first 30 days and meet the hospital board members in the first 60 days. 
So I, I set out to do that. And I, I went to, I called this gentleman and went to lunch with him. And, and before we broke bread, I, I asked him if I could uh, say a blessing over our lunch. And, you know, we're sitting out at a brew pub and, and I, I just said, I, I had a sense that maybe he was, uh, had a faith life. And, and so he's, oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'd love for that. So, so I, I said a prayer over our lunch and then we began to eat and talk and, uh, the conversation led to him um, deciding or or telling me that he's quitting the the board. Now, this is my first visit with him in the first thirty <laughs> days of my job, and the guy said, "Hey, way, listen, to, way to go, Terry. Good job. <laughs> I'm out of here." And and my first question to him was 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 not to to try to stop him because he, he obviously had his mind made up, but it was. Um, you know, may I ask why um, you're you're leaving at this time? And he said, "Well, the organization just hasn't engaged me." You guys, he had been on that board for like six years, and he wasn't. He he comes to meetings and leaves, and that was it. Um, he his heartstrings had not been pulled, and and um, and and he said, "Well." I suppose you're going to ask me for money. And I, I said, I don't, I don't need to, but if I did, what, what would get you excited? And he said, well, I'm, a, I'm a strong Christian. And I said, wow, our pastoral care team at the hospital has no funds uh, set aside from donors to, to buy Bibles, to buy prayer blankets, to, to assist here and there. Um, and he said, really? I said, yeah. And he says, well, how much do they need? And I said, well, you know, it'd be good to have, you know, four or $5,000 a year for this type of thing. I, and he, he, got, he got real interested. And I, and I said, well, actually a gift of about 25,000 would provide that each year is, as it is invested well. And, and, uh, he 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 got all excited and he says, "Can I name that fund if I do it?" And I said, "Absolutely." And he says, "But I'm going to have to pay it over five years, but I want you to have something to spend right away. So can I give an additional thousand dollars a year while I build the endowment um, that you can just spend?" And I'm I'm like, "Well, I think so. That would be a good yeah. idea. We could probably make that work." Yeah. So. Um, he 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 gave a thirty thousand dollar gift on on a first visit. Um, this this was not, you know, I'm going to cultivate him for eighteen months and then I'm going to ask him for thirty thousand dollars. It was it was heart to heart. It was it was engaging him on a level he had not been. I mean, we were like half hour into lunch, right? And and he had not been engaged in in four years, whatever it was. He was on the board. And he had not engaged to that level. And all of a sudden, I, f- I found his excitement. Uh, I, I found what where his value system was. Uh, he wanted to do it, and he saw a way to do it, and he wanted to name it, right? He named, he named it after his kids. So that, that's the endowment fund. So um, I don't usually go out and ask money on the first visit, you guys, because that's, that's, you know, you got to learn to dance first, right? Um, but. Uh, it, it was 
it was right. It was, it just felt right. And so that's the art of fundraising is a feel right. I just appreciate what you're saying, Terry, because I feel like a lot of times when we're raising funds, particularly if we're novices or we lack confidence, we feel that so much of the focus is on ourselves. But as I listen, you tell the story, you had an awareness. You approach it that it's not about me. It's about the people I'm meeting with. And I want to be aware of what's, what's connecting their heart, what's, what's going on in their life, what connects to what we're doing, trying to get the focus off off me you know and maybe they won't maybe they'll reject me or they won't listen to me but it just sounds like you had such an awareness of what was going on at that point of course tim and i every once in a while uh, on this podcast we talk about sports occasionally we try not to spend too much time but um you know nfl quarterbacks especially rookies first year second year quarterbacks will talk about the speed of the game and how much faster it is than what they experienced in college. And then usually by the time they get to third year or fourth year and they begin to, their skills develop, they're used to playing in the NFL. They taught the phrase is how the game is slowed down and the game is actually going at the same speed as it always was. It's just their ability to interpret information, absorb it, process it and make a reaction is so much faster that it seems like it's slowed down. And, you know, Terry is telling these awesome stories and that's, that's 25 years of fundraising experience. And so my guess is if, if Terry, if you were probably six months into your uh, time as a, as a fundraiser, you may not have been quite as adept at picking up on those. And some of this is intu intuitive. Some of this is the, the golden rule. You know, you treat people the way you would like to be treated. But some of it is you just you pick it up as you go and you can't expect yourself to be a plus at this right off the bat. It takes time to develop these skills. So, Nathan, yeah, let's see, it was it was Thursday or Friday, Thursday of last week. Um, uh, we got a, a gift from an American Legion post. And um, so a transactional, as I talked about, transactional response we we automatically did we sent out the proverbial thank you note with their receipt and and it it went to some office in the american legion in that in that post and i don't know if it made it to the post commander or not um so i thought you know what um this was such a significant gift it, it was it was a big gift um, and it was the first big gift we had received from from that from that legion, and so so I I couldn't reach the post. I called and you know the the phone is usually behind the bar somewhere, and uh, no <laughs> nobody was answering. And and uh, I sent an email you know to their general mailbox, and I didn't get any response. And uh, I just oh, what do I do? What do I do? So I got on Facebook and I found their Facebook page. And I reached out to the administrator um, of their Facebook group and their Facebook group had over 900 uh, members, followers. And, but I, I wasn't a member. So I messaged this, this gal and said, Hey, if I sent you an, a note to thank you, that you, would you post it on your Facebook group? And she said, well, why don't you do it? And I said, well, I, I'm not a member of your group. And she says, well, just apply and I'll, I'll okay it right now. 
So I did. And, and all of a sudden, I, I, I post this picture of this child that they had helped, a child needing a heart transplant, right? And and I wrote this thank you, a very genuine thank you, how moved we were, what, what they had done, uh, along with a, a note saying, I'll be at your conference here in a couple of weeks. Uh, stop by and, and see me. And I put this up on their on their wall. And you wouldn't believe the response I got. There was so much pride um, from from their their members who were in that group uh, talking about how how proud they were of their post. And wow, we really did that is is what one said. And, and another one said, Terry, can you, can you send this as an email so we can put it on our Facebook wall? And somebody else type, typed in and said, I already copied it and put it on our on our website. <laughs> and, and it was like boom all of a sudden this this whole their whole group just blew up because of because i i went that extra route i went that i, I went to the members uh and and thanked them in in a way that they understood how their dollar was being used and and that we are grateful for it um and and that goes a long way so terry how is the um what is different about cultivating a donor who is a, you know, a, a $25,000, thousand $100,000 donor and the donor who's a, who's a thousand dollar donor or a $500 donor? How is that? How do you see that cultivation process different for those donors? Um, that that's a, that's a tough question because, you know, some people are busier than others they don't have time for you or if they do have time it's going to be 20 minutes and you got to be in and out right and yet you've got other donors who have all the time in the world might be retired or what have you you got to treat everybody you cultivate with with the 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 utmost respect and love that you can and do it genuinely and you know the the cards will play out based on on just just how sincere you are and so terry we're coming down the home stretch here i got one last question for you and mm -hmm. so let's say let's let's uh role play here we'll pretend here for a second say i'm an executive director um i've got about a two hundred thousand dollar budget organization it's coming up to year end it's october so year end is right around the corner and I've got, now that we've been listening to this episode and, and, you know, I'm kind of excited about cultivating and I understand a little bit better. Uh, and I've got a, a kind of a, a donor in mind now that, uh, that I think has got some potential, but I really haven't done much with, with this donor, you know, but I, I, I really see where I need to get out and cultivate a little bit. What, what's my first step? What, what do I do first to start this cultivation process? Um, do you already know the donor? Yes, already donor. I know who they are. I could call them up on the phone, and they'll answer. Uh, then uh -huh. what do I do? Yeah, I mean, invite them to lunch or at least a, a visit. Ask if I come and update you on the organization and let you know what's coming up for the rest of the year here. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be real fancy. Uh, if if you have if you have good intent and you. And and the in-person visit, Nathan, is, is I mean, eye to eye, I mean, that always beats any other yeah, way you can. For sure, yeah. So uh, FaceTime with people is important. 
and um i'm not i'm not one on big gifts for donors you know you, yeah i'm not either oh people are talking about year end should we buy everybody a, a fruitcake or something <laughs> like no no <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And one of the questions I use a lot when I'm out cultivating, especially with donors that I don't know as well, uh, and it's a great icebreaker, is to just use the the question. So tell me, how did you get started with our organization? How did you get connected? Mm -hmm. um, and it's an open-ended question. People like to talk about, you know, how they got connected with the organization. And and uh, so it's a, if you don't know what to say, that's an easy first question to get the conversation going. Mm-hmm. Or, or so. can you can you tell me about your top three favorite charities? There's a question that would do it, right? Yeah. And, that is and, that's that's one I use. I, I yeah. think somebody taught me that. <laughs> um, yeah, you find out your number three. You know, <laughs> the next follow up question is, what do we got to do to be number? Three? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's right. No, it's it's good to hear why they love the other two. Right. And, and don't forget that it's not you against the other charities. If you're included in that top three, count your blessings. Right. And if you never make it to, to number one, that's just fine too. Cause there may have a special reason for that number one, but uh, in, 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 in studies that have been done, uh, people who are, are making their, their largest gift, which is usually their estate gift, right. At the end of life. Um, they choose more than one charity. They often include two or three charities in their estate plans if if they give through their estate. So um, you want you want to be one of those, uh, and and you can't get there without cultivating their interest and engaging that donor on a deeper level. Um, that that just just really resounds with their value system well terry um gosh our, our time has just flown by uh thanks for joining us today thanks for being part of the conversation and and on the podcast and you know cultivation is is a key ingredient to securing larger gifts for your organization it is so important that if you don't actively cultivate donors there is a 99.23% chance that you will never receive the best possible gift from your top donors. So that begs the question, do you have a, maybe a specific cultivation question or, or a specific donor that you would like guidance on how to best cultivate? Well, if you do reach out to us, Tim and I would love to talk to you, spend a little bit of time and, you know, maybe we can walk through the situation and, and give you a couple of thoughts and how you might best be able to, uh, to cultivate that donor and move them a little closer uh, to the next major gift. That's it for today. Until next time.